Welcome to Mini Culture Season 3. I'm your host, Jamande Tway. We're bringing you the best stories about the arts, about culture, and then also about the history of Minnesota. Everything produced here at KFAI Community Radio in Minneapolis. On today's episode, we've got three different Minnesota musicians that take old music and put their own twist on it. You had the Cato's, the Northside Elks, the St. Paul Elks, who had been around for years. And all of a sudden, you get this group from the South Side that started in 1964. We were newcomers who surprised everybody. I like a good set of lyrics that tell a story. It can be something in the past, it can be something now. The old music should tell us something what is relevant today. Some of you may know I'm a huge music fan. I'm always looking for new artists to play here at Cafe I, but I don't always get out to see live music. It's easy to stay at home, hibernate, flip on a TV, and just hide out for winter. That's just life in Minnesota. So one night, me and my producer, Nancy Rosenbaum, met up in downtown St. Paul at a jazz club. All right, I already grabbed us a seat to the left over here. And I already grabbed us some gumbo. <laughs> it's like we're in Louisiana and Minnesota. <laughs> we're there to see a jazz musician named Debbie Duncan. She's known in the Twin Cities as the first lady of song. Up in town, every Saturday night, the highbrows get together, it's just too tight. They all gather at an all night strut. And what they do is tut, tut, tut. Debbie Duncan was born in Memphis and grew up in Detroit. She came here to the Twin Cities in 1984 and was only planning on staying for six months for a gig. She never got around to leaving. Year round, if you want to check her out, you can find her singing at Twin Cities clubs just like this one. Seeing Debbie Duncan live is like having a conversation with an old friend. She has this way of just vibing with the audience. Some musicians just want to get on stage and play and get on with their evening. But Debbie Duncan, nah. She wants to talk to you about whatever is on her mind. And I'll tell you this story sometime. Right now I'm trying to learn how to just sing and shut my mouth. Not doing really well that far, but um, you know, hey. Okay, all right. Now, we're going to do this lovely song. Here's an insider tip. Don't ever ask her to sing a Christmas song. Give me a Christmas song, please. I don't do Christmas songs. I hate Christmas songs. I am, I am bah humbug about Christmas I got to interview Debbie Duncan in between sets that night. Like a lot of people, she didn't quite catch my name the first time. <laughs> How you doing, Miss Duncan? Jew Monday. One more time. Jew Monday. Uh, like Jewish Monday. Jew Monday. Jew Monday. That's yeah. what I said. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I need you to let me go have a puff, and I'll be right back. It's my one little cigarette that I have, so I'll be right back. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Jewish Monday. I don't know. I gotta come. I gotta. I gotta come up with something to help people remember it. <laughs> It's either that or Jumanji, so <laughs> I got I only got two choices here. 
Which one works better? <laughs> no, the Monday one. The Monday works better. The Jewish Monday works yeah, better? Yeah, it works better. <laughs> You'll get to hear more of my backstage conversation with Debbie a little later in the episode. But first, KFAI producer Dixie Trico produced this piece. It's called The Beautiful Thing About Jazz. My name is Debbie Duncan. I've been performing professionally since I was 18 or 19 in Detroit, Michigan. I'm one of those in-the-moment singers. It's just something I developed because it helped me find something new in the song every time I sang it, which is the beautiful thing about jazz. Is it's stuff you do in the moment. It should be that way with everything you do, but I found that from doing jazz that nobody's looking to hear it sound exactly like the record. Singing in the shower, laughing by the hour. My most recent CD is Live at the Dakota Full Circle. I was actually the first person to ever record a live CD at the Dakota. I think I will have come full circle since that was at least 25 years ago. The material that I picked out, there were just some songs I really, really wanted to do. There's this Michael Jackson tune, The Way You Make Me Feel. I really took it away from what the original one is because that's what I heard when I first heard that song. I couldn't have asked for a better bass player to just totally get it because he just got it. I said, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's what I want. Come on, make it funk, make it nasty. Most people, when we were doing it live, didn't really even recognize it until I got about a little bit into the chorus. And then you can actually hear him going, oh. yeah, I know, it was cool. give any entertainer I don't care what they do I don't care what kind of music they do because we all are basically hams it's true and so if you give that much of it to us we're gonna give it back to you like tenfold I feel joy when I'm on stage I have a good time it's so cool to be in a place that you just get up and sing what you want to sing, feel what you want to sing, ain't thinking about this. It. like, I said, I want to get to the age that I can do and say whatever I want to say, and all anybody will do is they'll just go, well, that's Debbie. And I'm not taking no more crap. Absolutely. I am somebody, and if you don't know I am somebody, what do I need you in my life for, you know? I figure I could be miserable all by myself. I don't think I need to invite somebody in. What's wrong with that? That's what's wrong with that. Uh, uh, by the way, if any of you all have somebody in your life that you have invited in your life to help you be miserable, you need to get rid of them. Okay? Life is much, 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 much too short. Do something for yourself. After hearing Dixie's story, I wanted to know how Debbie Duncan came to the Twin Cities in the first place. How are you doing tonight? 
Yeah, I see it. Okay, honeys. All right, well, I want to thank you for uh, for sitting with us and chatting with a complete stranger. <laughs> she told me she'd been living in L.A. for about 10 years when she got a call from Rupert's Nightclub. It's a spot that used to be in Golden Valley, Minnesota, but it closed in 92. I knew that when I came here, I came for six months, and uh, I was working at Rupert's, and Rupert's made me a deal that I couldn't refuse. I came to here here on such a big stage, because Rupert's was a huge stage, and I don't think I could have gone into any other city and been bam that out into the public of the of a city as fast as I was here, and from that. Gigs just start coming at me. Things just start coming at me, and I said, "Well, and why am I going back to LA?" That just was my. It just didn't make any sense for me to go back. And I hadn't planned upon staying here. I really didn't, but I did because it was great for me. It's been really, really good for me. I can't complain. I things presented themselves to me. Things. This little place said, "This you need to stay here because." coming at you, coming at you with stuff to do. And it made me grow as an artist. I don't know if I would have grown as much in L.A. because I would have been struggling. And I don't think you should have to struggle that hard and to how, do your art. Can your music really be that good when, you know, you're struggling to... Pay the rent? Pay, exactly. Hello! Now, now, sometimes people say that hardship goes into that music, but... Yeah. <sighs> I got other ways to deal what? with hardship. I, <laughs> I can't be going, Lord have mercy, I'm going to be able to cover this bill. And, and it made me take some gigs in L.A. that I would not have normally taken just because I, ooh, Lord, I got these bills coming and I got to deal with this. And I worked with some folks that I didn't necessarily want to work with, but it was a gig. And uh, here I work with who I want to work with. I pretty much have my own band. So outside of the music scene, what else do you like or what else has kept you, kept you here? Certainly not the weather, I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> Every winter, I'm like, going, why am I here? Oh, my God. And, then you and get I get stage. stuck here another winter. I'm <clears> like, oh, but yeah, it really is. It's, it's the acceptance that I got when I came here. It's, Debbie and I were just getting into our conversation when her manager stepped in and told us, you got to wrap it up. The group sits, you know, this guy's rented and that guy's yep, rented. Yep. And, I think uh, you got to get back on stage. Yeah, I yeah. think so. You're All right. right. <laughs> Thank you for talking yeah, to yeah. us. Thank I really you. appreciate it. No, Thank no you. Problem. It's really nice meeting you too, by the way. I don't want to mess your name up again. Tell That's me. That's all right. Jamonde. Jamonde. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was going to be right. Oh, you just say Jay. Jay's fine. I, I had Jamonde. Yeah, Jamonde, yeah, the, the, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm coming. You want me to start now? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Debbie's set list that night included tracks from Billie Holiday to Nat King Cole to Sarah Vaughn. She had all the greats on that list. She's really good at making you hear old songs in a completely different way. My lonely days are gone. Next up, we're gonna meet some musicians from the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra who love finding new meaning in old music. They took a Franz Schubert composition from back in the 1800s and they brought it back with new life. Cafe I producer Ryan Dahl spoke to some of the musicians about the album that won them a Grammy in 2018. Here's Ryan's story. A violinist 
grapples with death. The first note is like you face the death. It looks at you and you scream. My name is Patricia Kopaczynskaya and I'm a violinist and I'm one of um, artistic partners of St. Paul Chamber Orchestra. Death personified a young maiden having this conversation with death and death saying, come with me and rest in my arms. My name is Kyung Kim and I am artistic director and principal violin of the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra. So the Schubert Quartet is originally in four movements. But we wanted to combine it with many different pieces from other times. Because I think death is quite a central topic to all of us. Late Schubert was a time where both he was, he was very sick, probably very aware of his own mortality, knowing that he doesn't have much time to live, but being incredibly creative and productive. It was very clear to me that this music needs to be kind of actualized and it needs some comments. Let's say all these interludes are comments and we were playing it between the movements and so combining it with a medieval dance, for example, where we imagined people dancing in skeleton costumes on a, uh, in, in a cemetery, you know, making also jokes about death uh, and, and dead people. And then there's a Byzantine chant, which is just Patricia almost improvising over this drone that the orchestra would hold. Which was about the sorrow and, and the, the crying out to God, why, why, why are you so cruel? Why, why, why do you do it to us? And there I found out that death can be also very seducing. And the maiden even dances with him. And I think we, we were able to create a very mysterious atmosphere. Even I was, uh, sometimes, you know, it was shivering. Well, I think the fact that we got a Grammy for this album is something much more significant than, than just our um, win. It is a sign for changing times. You know, sometimes as musicians or artists, you can be stuck, the, the industry can be kind of stuck, you know, in a rut. And so she, she helps us get out of those ruts. That's Patricia. This just one brief, like 30 second movement with Patricia playing and then screaming. I mean, it's like this uh, torrent of violin dissonances going down, down the instrument. I think it's uh, the most interesting to experiment about the fact that the old music should tell us something what is relevant today. And this is our duty to find out what is it.
for our last story, we're going to head over to South Minneapolis to meet a group of musicians that are keeping an old drumline tradition alive. The Sabathonites are an African-American drum corps group, and they've been playing together since they were teenagers. The group was founded in 1964 out of Sabathony Baptist Church in South Minneapolis. And in their heyday, the Sabathonites marched in city parades and festivals. They also played in rural towns around Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin. Most of the Sabathonites are in their 60s now, and they don't march much anymore. But you can still find them at community events like the Southside Back in the Day Festival. The Sabathonites from Buell are about to perform. Can we give them a round of applause? Maurice Tyner is one of the group's original members. To give you a little background, uh, Leon Lewis, along with, uh, I believe his name was Culberson, and there was one other gentleman in 1940, they started the uh, Ames Elks. And a lot of the beats that we play right to this day were beats that were originated in 1940. But uh, a lot of people in this community, they remember those beats. and. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people that when we play and we march, they, they, they march right along with us and they dance right along with us and they know the beats as well as we do. So. The Sabathonites are legendary in the Twin Cities. KFI producer Dixie Trico met up with some of the original members. Here's Dixie's story. The Sabathonites, we jam. The beats of the Sabathonites have lasted. We jam. <laughs> and when they call us to play, we play. My name is Maurice Tyner, and I'm an original member of the Sabathonites. I play a tenor drum. I got in the Sabathonites in 1964 when it was originated. The late Leon Lewis was the one that basically founded and started the Sabathonites. At that time, there was over 65 members. We had everything from horns, several different types of drum sections. We had cymbals, majorettes, and it was basically made up of uh, young people from North Minneapolis and South Minneapolis. It was a kind of way for us to bring the community together, diffuse any opposition between the two sides. There were some disagreements between North and South Minneapolis back then, and it was something that really helped us grow up and mature as young men. My name is Jonathan Gilmont. I play a bass drum. The Sabathonites actually is an offshoot of two groups from over North Minneapolis, the Cato's and the Ames Lodge Elks. I started in it in 1964. I was 14 years old. They really kept us off the streets. You had to do uh, good in school. You couldn't be in any trouble. There was no drugs or drinking or anything else. Back in about 67, maybe 68, we had just got through playing and was near the end of the Aquitanio parade, and we had a jam session with the Northside Elks. Cops came on horses and broke it all up, had the baton swinging, and we were told not to march in the parade anymore, not by the Aquitanio, but by some other leaders in Minneapolis. So we didn't march on the Aquitanio for about 40 years at least. And then we, we finally came back. Edson Ryback was mayor. My name is Ira Russell. I'm the lead tenor player for the Sabathonites. In general, there's about 20 of us. And we've been playing all over the place, everywhere you can think of, from the Dome 
to the state fair, to all of the surrounding area of the state of Minnesota. We did a lot of shows and out of state as well. We got a couple of awards in the last few years for 9-11, and that was at Lake Harriet. We got a key to the city twice for playing an aquatennial. Now we did the Mall of America twice with the Sounds of Blackness and Gary Hines. And we collaborated with them at Paisley Park because Prince wanted to see us. And then we recorded with the Sounds of Blackness once. We got on one of their CDs. My name is Walter Scott Jr. Basically, I'm a tenor drummer. I'm also a backup bass player. It's really been great playing with us at Bath and Nights. I couldn't ask for a better experience. We performed at the Northeast Parade, which goes down Central Avenue. We performed at the University of Minnesota, North of Auditorium. Two baseball games at the Metrodome. So we've had some really uh, terrific experiences. My name is Bernard Carter. I'm a snare player. I've been with the group since 1964. My job is to blow the whistle to call the numbers that we play in the group. My name is Saluki Fardan. I play either the snare or the tenor. Around about 64, Leon had left the Elks over north, and he said, I'm starting this new drum and bugle corps over here at Sabathity Church. I said, oh, okay. And so I came in and started practicing with them. In 1964, for instance, I was 14 years old. Now I am 67, and it's getting harder and harder to do parades. So right now I want to start a junior jumping bugle corps, try to get a grant to get some equipment, some horns and drums, so we can pass it down to younger children. It's a legacy I would like to see continue. My name is Terry Danforth. I am a bass drum player. I joined the Sabathonites in 1964. My sole purpose was to play the drums. We are actually trying to start a youth group. We would have a mentorship program and try to keep kids off the streets, fill them with a positive way to conduct life. It's a very enlightening experience for all of us. You know, because we pretty much all grew up together. Well, all of us are elders now. <laughs> and we've been trying to sit down for the longest time, and somebody always calls us back. <laughs> We're going to close this episode with the Sabathonites performing at Phelps Park in South Minneapolis in 2018. This podcast is produced by Sophie Nikitas, Emily Bright, and Nancy Rosenbaum. Editing help comes from Todd Melby. Our theme music is by Javier Santiago. Thanks to KFAI for making Radio Without Boundaries possible for over 40 years. Support for many cultures made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. I'm your host, Jumunde Tway. It's been fun, and as always, till next time, peace. Peace.